Hello, everyone. It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. It is time for Wine Time with Peggy, everyone. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Eat, Drink, and Be Merry show. We love our first Wednesdays here on Big Blend Radio because we get to hang out with Peggy Fiendaka, mm -hmm. Peggy and her husband, Kurt, uh, own and operate LDV Winery in Arizona. And if you go to Scottsdale, especially for the art, uh, this their tasting room is there, and their actual winery and vineyard is out in southeast Arizona, uh, right at the uh, Chiricahua Mountains. So a nice. beautiful area, and uh, right now is harvest time. It is fall, y'all. Um, not that they say fall, y'all, in uh, Arizona, but we say it here where we're recording from in North Carolina. So everyone go to ldvwinery.com. So welcome back, Peggy. How are you? I'm terrific. Yes, we're still in harvest, but it, we're glad that it's fall. Yeah, I bet. Well, I bet. And so how long do you see harvest going for? Well, because this year was so odd with all the rain that we had in Arizona, particularly in southeastern Arizona, not all of Arizona had as much rain as we have had, but it really um, extended harvest season. So wow. we are we are still just bringing in our grapes, which typically we would be we would be done probably by now. So mm. actually today we are harvesting um, Grenache and uh, finishing up harvesting Grenache. We harvested it yesterday also. And we'll start Petit Syrah probably tomorrow and through the weekend. So that will wrap up pulling in the grapes out of the field. Um, oh. And then and then the work is in the winery as they start fermentation of all those those grapes hmm. that we're pulling in but so you yeah. you can say you made it through harvest okay because it was yeah. getting like scary with the weather like okay this could happen that could happen right Keeping moisture off of the the jewels exactly <laughs> the winery <Ex> jewels <laughs> yeah. exactly i mean we did have to drop a, as they're going and harvesting you know we have our our pickers to actually uh, inspect the grapes so we don't want any grapes that are not pristine and so because of the rain that we've had we did have some grapes that we had to drop so to speak because they just weren't the highest quality so they don't put them in the bins um so we had probably we had a good yield but maybe not as big a yield as we were projecting because mm. of the rain that we've had at least for the Grenache um, mm. so we had quite a bit of vignette already in the the winery that was the first we picked and we had quite a bit of Syrah more than mm. we anticipated. So we have two, those two crops are great. Grenache is down a little bit and we're hopeful that our Petit Syrah is going to be fabulous. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. You Very know, I was cool. thinking of you because, you know, out on the farm here in North Carolina, you know, I've been out doing the peppers and harvesting eggplant and mm. it's like this war and I've decided cardinal birds they go for the tomatoes because the tomatoes, right. as soon as they get red, they're like, that's my tomato. And I'm like, no, it's not. Right. Apparently it is. So there's this whole thing going on. And mm -hmm. we've had a lot of rain as well. And it has been humid. It went cold and then humid. And then there were some hoses that started going like, because as the fall changes, all the, all the plots of 
different vegetables and everything change sure, you know sure. so then the hosing and the irrigation changes and so this one section of the peppers mm -hmm. we're getting all this water and I'm like everything is just rotting too fast and I can't pick it at the right time because of this and then so we fix that and we had to go in and thin everything out so that everything could breathe like there's this oh, hole goodness. and I was thinking I was like is this mm. what you guys are doing with grapes you have to make sure that there's aeration for the fruit absolutely mm. yeah I think I talked about that last time we had yeah. to go in and and uh, uh prune so that we could get enough airflow through the vines because mm -hmm. uh, of the rain as well as the we had some heat spikes nothing heat was not an issue this year at all um, mm -hmm. We were more like Oregon in terms of fog and rain and wow, cool. yeah, it was mm -hmm. very odd. Wow, very wow. odd year. That but, is. Yeah, I've odd. seen I've seen some photos of Arizona. We're like, well, so we're going to be home, you know, back in Arizona in spring. So we're looking forward Fantastic. to like, mm, beautiful yeah. time of year to be there. Can't wait. We'll come see you and you know, have wine with you and go to the the tasting room. That's going to yes. be something, and that's something we're going to talk about today. Is uh, wine tasting do and don'ts when you go out wine tasting and, and wineries and tasting rooms and because um, we've recently had some interesting experiences and we've been to a lot of wine tastings uh, trust me but I uh, had an interesting experience but um, you have your word of the day uh, or the of the of the month your term let me see malolactic fermentation it's absolutely not... good job yes wow. it is you know if you've ever had a real buttery chardonnay Mm -hmm. that yes. butteriness is not because they added some kind of additive to make it taste like butter but it's actually the chardonnay grapes went through malolactic fermentation and it's really wow. not a fermentation at all it's not because you don't add yeast it's really what it does is it takes the um, tart malic acid and uh, converts it in the wine to a softer, creamier lactic acid, which is similar to what you have in milk, right? And what it does is reduces the acidity in the wine and also releases some carbon dioxide, which is um, important also in the wine. Mm. So it creates that butteriness. And mm. for example, we just released a Viognier that we allowed it to go through partial malolactic fermentation. So we didn't want to have that full buttery flavor on the vignette, but we wanted a hint of that creaminess um, that also just really allowed the flavors to shine through. So it's absolutely wonderful. Wow. So what actually happens when you, you say allow malolactation, what, what what happens so yeah so we're actually it's chemical you know like a chemical reaction so to speak that mm -hmm. uh, that turns that um that that um tart malolac acid into that creamier um lactic acid so it's mm -hmm. a it's a, a reaction that occurs in the in the um in the the wine mm -hmm. so is that just by aging it no, it's actually no. by putting in, um, a, a, um, I don't want to say it's a chemical, but you're putting in, it's like putting yeast in. Or like yeah, it's like it. putting yeast, but it's not yeah. a yeast. Okay. Yep, yep okay. exactly. And it allows yeah. that okay. reaction to occur. Okay. This is that science yeah. part of, of wine. I, you know, I was thinking too, mm -hmm. like here you guys are farming 
and then having to play science and create a product. Right. This exactly. Is, oh my gosh, that's so much stress. I mean, really, <laughs> do you guys ever look at each other and go, why didn't we do this? Oh gosh, I mean, I had a call this morning from Kurt, who is down obviously harvesting. He had to get up at 4.45 to, to let the crew in and went out to the winery and our tractor has a, a horrible flat tire. And you can't, you can't pull in the grapes, those bins without a tractor. And so I had to talk him off a ledge this morning because uh, he was a little. That's really nice. Nice time yeah. to do that. He was a little stressed out on how to get, how to get a tractor done, how to get the Grenache in and finish and how to keep the crew busy and. So it's been a horrible morning down at the winery. Oh, oh sorry. But when something like that happens, because it's really that, I mean, I just know from these peppers, like these peppers have been like, come on, dudes. You know, everybody yeah. wants me to pick you at this point, because if you do this and you smoke them at this point, this, you get this flavor profile versus if you do them green, you got to do this. And I'm like, dude, you got to work with me on this. Yeah. But it, it's true. <laughs> and if you, if you miss that one day, you've lost like a crop. Right. You right, know, mm -hmm. right. so I'm out there every morning, look at them, talking to them. And I'm like, you will behave. And, you know, you but. know, it's it's farming and it's Mother Nature and, and it's always something we all, we call our winery always something winery because mm. there's always something breaking. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but that's part of growth, too. You know, yeah. it was easy. Yeah. I think, you know, it doesn't seem like the two of you seem to be challenge oriented, you know, or. <laughs> And risk takers for sure, you know, why right. that's, that's it. I'd say that with, with our kind of industry too, it's risk. Yeah. What could, you know, Nancy was going to write her first books, call it what, what could go wrong. What could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just say everything. Yeah, <laughs> let, like I was telling Kurt, I said, just focus on what you have control over. Don't wallow in the, why this yeah. happened? Why now? All that kind of stuff. Just you got move this. Forward. Just take move forward. Take one step at a time, and it, mm -hmm. you're halfway through. You'll get it done. It'll get done. So, and you can have wine time at the end of the day. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. the motivation is that you guys really produce amazing, amazing wines. Mm -hmm. I'll never Thank forget you. the first time. You know, we just like wow, and this was like down the road from where we lived. You know, this is yeah. so cool, and I think oh, it's so fantastic. exciting for Arizona. You know to have these amazing wines come out of an area where people just think like I always say about where the Sahara desert with Gumby cactus and it just proves we are so much more than that but we do love our saguaros and we do yeah. love the cactus mm. and the you know so um it just you really represent the state incredibly well in wine mm. and um I just I think it's exciting and I think this time of year fall winter is a big season it's a big time for Arizona mm -hmm. I understand why having been up in the Midwest in the winter, it is time to go down, start walking, you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, down, down to Arizona. So I bet the, the tasting room probably gets busier this time of year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's starting to pick up. I'm already booking events all the way into December at the tasting room, some private events, um, Thanksgiving dinner at the tasting wow. room. So all kinds of uh, interesting activities going on but it, that activity has picked up because summertime is our slow time mm -hmm. so um, yeah I'm looking forward to it but that's why this uh, topic that we're going to talk about wine tasting and going wine tasting is so appropriate because we get where we're located right in the heart of tourism um, 
central basically in Scottsdale, we get all kinds. We get we have the novice coming in for the very first time doing a wine tasting all the way up to uh, Napa Valley snobs, wine snobs that come in. And, <laughs> He's and, ahead of me. <laughs> we can say it. I, to, I love this. And, and everyone, you're going to see Peggy's tips right up on our blend radio and TV uh, website too. Uh, just type in Peggy, you'll find her and uh, her other her recipes and past interviews, but you had these tips and you're, they're really good, but you, you, I mean, there's like right in the middle of it. Don't be rude. If you yeah. don't like it. Well, and must you actually swirl the wine clockwise? I've heard yeah. that so many times. It's like, what? Yeah, you what? know, well, I think there's that? There's, that snobby attitude has ruined it for people who are curious, maybe mm, a right. shy personality. So a lot of times wine tasting is being done at home where you may lose that educational and interactive immersive experience of going to a tasting room finding out mm -hmm. that story of the winery, understanding, you know, what went into producing this amazing juice mm -hmm. that you're, you're savoring. Um, but those kind of, you know, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. It, it's like someone telling it's... you what you're listening to music. If you really like something, right? that's what you like, mm -hmm. period. But it's, it's kind of like um, art galleries used to be. They're now changing up because they found that the snobby art gallery doesn't do as well. And, you know, so art and wine have seemed to always go together. And I think it started from that upper class snobbiness of I'm rich enough for this really good wine and I'm right. rich enough to buy these original paintings. And a know-it-all. And, yeah. and I, yes. So it, you know, and it's, it's, fixing itself now but it has been kind of a long time that kind of attitude mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's amazing when we have people come in and uh you have you, there's several different kinds of people one that's very novice and they're very unsure of themselves and and our wine concierge are really trained in hospitality and we want to make wine approachable to mm -hmm. everyone. I mean, all of my staff can talk with someone that is very knowledgeable about wine, but can also make wine very approachable to the novice and help them learn about wine. And mm -hmm. uh, so we'll get someone very tentative, but then we'll get what I like to call the wine snob that wants all that they want to do is kind of project all their knowledge and mm. pontificate mm. about what they know <laughs> instead of really enjoying what we have to offer. Or you get someone that comes in and just because they do not like the wine, they make a scene over the wine. Like, mm. um, it, I mean, the wine is made properly and it's well done, but you might not like it and that's perfectly okay. But you don't have to say, oh my God, this wine is so bad and, and dump it and make a big scene over it because you did not like the wine. Mm -hmm. um, and so we see all kinds in mm. the tasting room. So well, I, I think that, yeah, I, I like that you bring this up because mm -hmm. I, I want people to enjoy their experience as much as possible. And like you were saying, it's it's an art. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It and, is. And, and totally. you know you're not going to like every wine you taste and that's mm -hmm. perfectly okay um we hope you find some wine that you like at our location but you're not going to like it from top to bottom and because you, you want to just 
find the wine that fits your palate and what you're mm -hmm. looking for in terms of the wine. And uh, the staff that we at the tasting room should help you do that, should tell mm -hmm. you about the wine. Um, I always say you should prepare yourself as you're going to a new wine region. So if you go to Napa Valley or if you're going up to Oregon to taste wine in the Willamette Valley, do some research ahead of time. Ask some friends where to go and uh, learn about the grape varieties. It's amazing how many people come into our tasting room and do you have um, Cabernet Sauvignon or do you have a Pinot Noir? Well, those grapes really don't grow well in Arizona. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're not, you're not gonna find them at every location. And um, so do a little research ahead of time so you know what kind of grape varieties and wines that are being produced in that region and try those because that's, they're chosen because they grow well in that region. So experiment with new wines. Yeah, see, that's a difference between a winery tasting room and a, a wine bar. A wine bar will bring in wines from all over the country, all around over. the world, you know, um, depending on whatever their business, you know, focus is. But a winery tasting room to go to a place where the wine comes from here, and this is local, this is, you know, mm -hmm. and you can learn, um, that's important. We went to a winery recently, and they couldn't even tell us one thing about the wine we were tasting. And it was had crazy. we gone I should have gone with my gut instinct because you know we know what we like and so half of the wine we taste I mean it was well produced wine but just not sure. our cup of tea let's put it that mm -hmm. way uh, not mm -hmm. our cup of wine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um they couldn't tell us anything we they had a, a shift change and they couldn't tell us the difference like is, is this sweet? Is it not? They didn't even tell us the grapes. See, that's wow. the problem. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't have the grapes and you don't understand, I mean, even the, the tasting slip has no information. So we're sitting there going, it's red, white. We don't know. Wow. And so, I mean, it was cute names, but if you don't understand, you know, so it was kind of a, a waste of money, actually, other than we were with friends. It was a beautiful view and we did find one or two that we enjoyed, but I just, there's, you know, you know what a rosé is. So we were safe on that. We're like, please mm -hmm. don't be that other boxed wine that's pink. We don't want that. <laughs> and I yeah. can't be rude about that but because it's not normal wine. But you know, you know what I mean? So it's, it, it just, that's important is having the right staff, I think. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Because that was horrible to have that. I couldn't believe it. I was just, I, I would, I don't think I've had that experience in a tasting room where they didn't. That's know. a shame. That is really mm -hmm. a shame because we're in the hospitality industry. And, right. and I know before I got in this business, I was a wine collector and we traveled, mm -hmm. as you know, all over the place, tasting wine and buying wine. And um, you want to you want to learn about the wine. And we bought more wine when we really understood how the wine was made and what the grapes, how the grapes were produced. And, uh, you know, the whole story behind the winery attracted mm -hmm. us not only because of the taste of the wine, but also because of the experience that we had at mm -hmm. the tasting room or with the winemaker. That's when I bought more wine. And so that's what I do in part that kind of um, training to our wine concierge because we want people to have a great experience. We want them to walk away with some knowledge about wine in general, but particularly our wine and, and our story and hope that they become friends and they become mm -hmm. buyers 
either that day or in the future. When, when someone's is, go ahead, sorry, Nancy. I was just going to say it is about the experience and learning that this is this variety and it's grown here because it likes more moisture or it likes more heat. It likes a higher altitude, whatever that grape wants and does well being in that environment. That's the kind of wine you're going to get. And I think that people, you know, like when we were looking at the place that we went where the service was just kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of almost, you felt like they were throwing things at you instead of placing things in Correct. front of you. Yeah. And so maybe they, they had a short staff problem or maybe yeah they, that's something to think about too you know, right now they just were having an off day that's kind of you know maybe they write it up for yeah yeah or we got somebody brand new who really that's my take on it and I don't think the lady that was serving actually either drinks wine or no or knows wine she seemed very novice and I think that's a big mistake right if you're well, if you're a winery right well I mean we don't our wine concierge, I always say, we don't hire based on your wine knowledge. Mm -hmm. We hire on your personality and your ability to, to educate and be hospitable. Mm -hmm. um, I, can I can teach you everything you need to know about wine, about our wine, our brand, uh, our story, um, but I can't teach you to have a personality. I can't teach you to be, <laughs> be nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our philosophy and that has served us well. And all of our mm -hmm. staff, and I would recommend this for any winery, all of our staff have been to the winery, have participated in harvest or some activity at cool. the, the vineyard. So they know uh, when they're talking about malolactic fermentation, they know what that means. Mm -hmm. Or if someone asks, well, how do you get uh, the flavor of, of cherry in the wine? They can answer those kinds of questions. They can talk about our barrel program and what the difference between a Minnesota oak and a Pennsylvania oak barrel and what it does to the wine. So mm -hmm. we, we don't just have bartenders. We have um, real, that's why I call them wine concierge. So mm -hmm. they are curating an experience around our wine and hopefully uh, educating people. So they're going to come back and buy mm -hmm. more wine and tell people cool. about us. You know, when we have a, I have a friend who um, ran a tasting room up in the mountains in San Diego. She's since retired. Tina. Remember Tina, Nancy? No. And I'd, no. I'd walk out with cases of wine. Just It just happened. Um, and she doesn't drink wine. So no. she was a tequila girl. And she goes, <laughs> I don't drink wine, but you tell me what it tastes like. And I'll tell you what others have, you know. But she would say, okay, look, this is where she wouldn't, she knew everything. Right. But she goes, don't go by me let's go by you and she would you know she wouldn't say anything she would explain everything but would go and you know what do you taste and it became this experience of going in and learning and her just going tell me you know I'm not going to yeah. tell you what it tastes like yeah it was really kind of you know it, it was, it was um, amazing but she would also tell you what other people you know how they enjoyed the wine and some have said this some have said that but it's up to you what you like or don't like and it was the most fun experience. And then when she retired, 
she finally got into wine. What the heck? Oh happened? my goodness. Now she's a big wine. She's a big wine. She's going to call me up now. But oh, um, you it. know, it, it was hysterical. But she, um, she really taught me a lot about that hospitality of just business. And I think when people go into a wineries to be able to have that communication, mm-hmm. I want to know about the grapes because there's grapes I can't pronounce. Montepulciano, I don't right. know. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you go in and you have fun and you're learning, it's so exciting. And I think it's exciting. Sometimes you, it, it could be you're going into a, a winery as a spontaneous thing. It could be you're with yeah. friends and they're like, hey, let's go to the winery and you have no clue about wine. So what would you say for someone who didn't have chance to do that you know groundwork before they went on this adventure and their friends just drag him in what would you say to them about going in and you're like oh this is my first tasting I don't know anything what would you say to them well I'd, I'd ask the person what are you know what are you known for so are you are, do you produce mostly red wines or do you produce mostly white wines or what is it that you do best and um, so kind of geared towards what they are really producing well. So, um, and then ask some questions. I mean, if you know a little bit about what you like, say maybe you're not a big red drinker, but you're more medium um, in the in the middle, like a Pinot Noir, as tell them that, you know, I really love Pinot Noirs from the Northwest, or I really love a, a very light, um, not oaked, heavy oaked wine. So give them some information first about what you like and learn a little bit about what their specialty is. And then they should help guide you towards a tasting that might fit your Mm. palate. But don't um, shy away from trying new things because that's what a wine tasting is all about. I mean, try mm-hmm. something new. So many, because uh, again, we're in, in tourism central in Scottsdale, we get a lot of folks from the Midwest that typically drink, their palate goes to um, sweeter wines because mm. a lot of the wineries in the Midwest are um, sweeter. They produce- sweeter, Yeah, like ice wine is sweet. Right, you know? sweeter mm-hmm. wines. And so they come in looking, oh, oh I only like sweet wines. And uh, our wine concierge mm-hmm. are, will help them try to figure out what does that mean? What, uh, are you a Kool-Aid drinker or are you <laughs> like a, a hint of sweetness in your wine? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? And, um, and they'll help guide them. And, or if people come in, only, I only drink white wine. It's amazing how many times they'll walk out with a bottle of Grenache or a bottle of Syrah because, um, they've never really tasted that before in a fine wine and and fell in love with it so listen not everybody just don't hands off the Syrah man that's mine I love your Syrah oh my gosh yeah it's yeah. all good but mm. I think a lot of people that haven't really done a lot of wine tasting believe that red wines are stronger Correct. than white wines you know Correct. so they they kind of shy away from red wines, possibly. And they probably had some very bad, cheap red wines. Um, and that made you pucker or that were hard. <laughs> I don't want and, to pecker, pucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and part of telling our story about how we make wine and how we smooth out 
through the aging process. So you don't have um, that puckering from the high mm. tannins in red wines. Um, mm. Then people experience it in a different way. Um, mm. So yeah, people come in because based on their past experience with wine. And what we have to do is make that, uh, make that connection to our wine and teach them how, why this is different this than is what they cool. might've had. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, and it's just, now I want to go wine tasting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are we all sitting here at a computer? We should be in the day. Well, because it's fun to me when we go wine tasting, especially if you can sit with someone who explains to you this and that, and mm-hmm. you're with friends, some friends, you know, maybe, you know, go to that winery all the time or already are, you know, fans of right. the winery and people get excited and they want to show like, this is my favorite wine. I want you right. to taste this. It's like, right. I love, I love going to wine events. Like, we went to a, a lady's house. It was in Ajo, Arizona, of all places. Ajo. Wow. You've been to Ajo? Oh, yes. Ajo, uh-huh. On the yeah. border. And um, this was the beginning of our tour years and years ago. And everybody, she had this gathering in her house, and everybody had to bring wine. And she goes, you know, just just buy what you can get and bring it and what you feel what you like. And it, I mean, it ran the gamut. It, it Pricing went from, you know, your table wine to the high end and Every, it was all brown bagged. Oh, Nobody wonderful. knew anything about it. And, you know, so we didn't know. And then she'd open it up and we all rated what we thought about that wine. And we all learned about these mm-hmm. different wines. And it was amazing to see. So the price is not, you know, to me, the price has actually got nothing Correct. to do with the flavor. And I think that's something we should do a mm-hmm. show on pricing because, you right. know, I'm like, you know, the tractor went down. So the price went up. No, yeah. <laughs> but, no but you know what I mean? It's, um, it was really amazing to see when you do these blind tastings to people kind of, and then you get the story, then you have this appreciation and it really doesn't match up with right. the, with the, with the money. Correct. Around. Correct. Yeah, it's exactly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or what you know, people think. Right. And also for the novice, you know, tell, giving them some of the basics of wine tasting is important, you know, it's okay to dump your wine. You don't have to drink every taste if you don't like it. So there's always a dump bucket to, to dump it out. You don't have to po- power drink, you know? So yeah. I, I always caution um, people that go wine tasting and they're trying to go to eight tasting rooms in a day, you know, well, they're having- How do you do that with your tongue? It's going to fall right. off. You're, I mean, that's- Especially red um, wine. That's God. power drinking and, and leading to a DUI. So yeah. we don't want that to happen. So pace yourself uh, and, and drink lots of water because wine tasting and, and wine is very dehydrating. And, mm-hmm. and so I always say, have a tasting, drink some water, have a tasting, drink some water as you go. But kind of giving people the basics. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how, oh my gosh, this tastes this tastes bad. I said, well, what did you just eat before you had this? You know, oh, I just brushed my teeth. Well, oh no, don't do that. Here's a And then have red wine. Right. Or they just had a cup, their first cup of coffee in the morning and now they're out wine tasting. Well, yeah, that's going to impact the flavor of of the wine. Um, So kind of giving those basics or they're chewing gum. I can't believe how many people I've seen chewing gum and then doing wine tasting. So not no. taking the gum out of your mouth, but no, that uh-uh. 
No, it's yeah. like and why have do you that's eat not licorice? even tasting them. Do not eat really licorice and then go wine tasting. Yeah. Right. However, <laughs> I have been known to eat licorice, really good dark black licorice, not the, the real stuff. licorice, yeah. real, right. licorice real licorice with champagne. Have, ah. Happens to be a very interesting, oh. weird thing it's, about I. And yes, um, yes, I I enjoy it. <laughs> okay. In fact, I've, I've even used. That. I have even <laughs> used a piece. You know the the rope. It looks like Twizzlers, but I'm talking about the real uh -huh. stuff. You bite the ends off, so you still have that little hole. And I've used it as a straw with champagne. It's, yes, we've it's, done it's a whole that. other experience. Oh, it's, I will it's try it. Odd. That one's actually it's, good. That's, but I will that's tell people do better not than eating ever use champagne and, and straws. That is a whole other experience. You will right. be wanting water, and you're probably going to need a lot of coffee in the morning. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I will not talk about that time in Vegas. Well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of spillage. <laughs> but but it does some kind of bubble up on you. But there is you... something about licorice and champagne, even kava, kava, prosecco, more of the bigger bubbly kind of, okay. I always call them the oily bubbles, but uh -huh. you know, there's, it's just a weird thing. I, I you will know. try it. I, yeah, get more of the, me. it's, and you're going to, and you're going to call me up and go, Lisa, we need to educate there's you. something wrong yeah. with you. Lisa, you're <laughs> goofy. But, but the, you know what, if I enjoy it, then I do. Yeah. It. You know what I mean? Yes, That's exactly it's, right. It's, you know this what it does. To talk um, about. Yeah. It's, if, and we are talking real licorice, okay? Not the real sweet red. Oh, now I'm. I want. Uh, yeah. Rice. Okay. No, it's very earthy. Sure. And so sure. it it gives a it gives some wines a little mm. more of an earthy profile. That's okay. Yeah. It can go red wine. Yeah, I think it almost gets too close. Can throw it, but there's just a thing with the champagne and the licorice. In fact, that's my thing on New Year's Day: champagne and licorice. Okay, I will try it. She's, she's going to go. I'm, your I'm always up for something new. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. So you talked about aromatherapy for wine lovers, uh, one of the shows uh, just a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And in your do's and don'ts, you talk about perfume. And so, right. so this is a whole other thing too, is to not do too much cologne, aftershave, perfumes, hair stuff, you know, because that can affect mm -hmm. the, the, the aromas. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or... You know, we obviously don't let anyone be smoking um, close to where the tasting room is or anything sure. like that. So any aromas can have an impact on um, your experience of, of enjoying the wine. Wow. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't open up next to a coffee shop? No. In one of wow. the tasting... One of the oh. tasting rooms that located and then next door, a cigar shop opened up. Oh, no, yeah. no, that's and just wrong. That's actually, very difficult. I actually wrong. know a winery in a in a really tiny <laughs> no. town. Um, that happened to them, and the only way to get around it for because of everyone's leases and was for, to work together, and then they created right. wine and cigar nights. It was the only way to get past it, and right. Um, and, and to us, like the other people love cigars. Nancy and I, we can't do it. It's it's not no. happening. Right. No. And um, our, our big reds are beautiful with cigars, you know. I, I, okay. But take it home. <laughs> yeah. well, like, I mean, because it's, it is really like a, when somebody, I know, even when you go shopping and somebody walks mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. with really strong perfume or cologne, right. it's like a slap in the face. Right. Because that's you know, and, 
we were at a festival one time and they located our tasting um, tent next to a person that had all of these scented soaps and candles. Oh, and oh no. Gone. no. Ruined the whole experience for people because all that you could smell were those candles and um, the soaps that they were selling at wow. the tent adjacent to us. This so is just, fascinating okay. because about all did, this multi-sensory experience, you know? One time we did a street fair and they put us next to the Yamas and we were on the hill and stuff oh, ran down the hill. So yeah, that yeah, was a real Okay, oh, well, that's the That was a whole aromatherapy too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was one that we didn't need to do. But no, know, this is fascinating. When, when you think about, you know, the tasting experience when you go to festivals too, um, to kind of maybe not eat right where everything is next like if you know to right. get the full flavors so all right, right so i i want to talk about your pumpkin soup because this uh, is something mm, your recipe squash butternut squash different yeah butternut it's roasted so mm. when you're cooking is that a whole other thing too when you're pairing like do right. you think about what your the wine and the food that you're pairing with because of the aromatherapy well, yes and no. Um, yes, you should. I mean, if it it's a really strong smelling kind of uh, something you're cooking, like sauerkraut or, or I don't know, um, but you might uh, think about that and what you're pairing with. But um, more you want to choose the wine first. That's always mm -hmm. my tip. Choose the mm -hmm. wine you're, you're going to cook or serve and choose your meal than to pair with the wine because you can't change the wine but you can change how you cook but um this mm. since we're in fall now and and there's wonderful produce that come winter uh, produce that comes out and butternut squash is one mm. of those that i just love and this soup is incredible with a Viognier or a, a mm. Sauvignon Blanc kind of wine, um, or or even a Chardonnay that's maybe not heavily oaked, but because uh, it could cut through the creaminess and richness of this butternut squash. So you soup. don't want cream and cream, like you wouldn't want the creamy no. Chardonnay, buttery right. Chardonnay. Right. You want something to to be able to cut through that mm. creaminess and not overpower it or clash with it. You know. Mm. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a simple soup. You roast the butternut squash. And I always like to cut it in half, take out the seeds, put it in a like a, um, a cooking tin or a, a baking tin with a little water in it. Um, put the flesh side down and let it roast in the oven for a while until nice. it gets soft. And then you just, you know, scoop it out. Um, I also, or you can quarter it and mm. rub it with some olive oil, salt and pepper, put it on the sheet pan, 375 and, you know, for an hour, hour and a half till it really caramelizes and, and uh, gets nice. cooked. And it's just a simple preparation and you can, um, you can serve it cold or you can serve it hot either way. And nice. we like, we always like spice, you know, we're from Arizona. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. like to put a little Tabasco in uh the soup either at the end or while it's it's cooking oh i like that yeah and you know you drizzle a little heavy cream on the top and it's just you could put some pomegranate seeds on it or you know some um, um pumpkin seeds nice. or something on it and to finish it but yeah mm. 
or even some sage sage Ooh. and squash go great so you could you know fry up mm. some sage and sprinkle that on top and it's just sausage. a yum Yes, yes, you can. Here we go. go it's great sausage. with sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good time of year to use sage, too. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, but this would be exactly. something you could use for Thanksgiving, even. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. It would mm -hmm. be beautiful at Thanksgiving mm -hmm. dinner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What out of your wines? Because I know we're looking for, you know, people are already planning with families and everything. Um, what would you say is uh, some of the good wines to really look at for Thanksgiving at the table? A Grenache is a beautiful wine for Thanksgiving. You know, the key with Thanksgiving is because you have so many different flavors on the Thanksgiving table. And unless you're offering a lot of different wines, you need to choose a wine that's going to go with the butternut squash soup and the roast turkey or, mm. you know, I'm Italian, the lasagna, you know, so whatever mm -hmm. might be on the Thanksgiving table so that it can, you know, tastes good with all of the different flavors. So Grenache is one of those, a Pinot Noir is one of those, mm. a um, Brut Rosé uh, Champagne is is one of those. That Finish can, it with some licorice, maybe. Yeah, not some yeah. that, can go. <laughs> <laughs> that can navigate all of those different flavors that make up the Thanksgiving table. Nice. That's, That's awesome. A I'm going to have to send you a New Year's, Day. I'm going to have to find it, <laughs> a New Year's Day photo of champagne out in Saguaro National Park with our friends ah. when we lived in Tucson with Rondi and mm. it snowed. So the yes, Saguaro yeah. were covered in snow, which only lasts what, you know, yeah, you know, a couple hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we were out there in the snow. She brought this wonderful champagne and, and the bottle was beautiful and it was, it was lovely. And I had uh, always go to the peanut patch in Yuma, Arizona, and they have it the best you know licorice and here we i'm gonna have to go find wow. it and see because mm -hmm. people are like what are you doing i'm having my fun <laughs> my new year's feast fun. and if i, I don't do it that's bad mm -hmm. luck it's it's a good juju so yeah. anyway i'll have to find that for you but it's but i think you know these kind of traditions are are so cool to do and then change them up like you know what you're saying try a new you know wine you know if you haven't done grenache before like here's a new adventure to do it Right. And you get to taste it and, and you get to drink it while you're cooking, right? Yes. Oh, of, of course. course. And if you're making a dish that needs wine, make sure you're cooking with the wine you're going to serve. It just mm -hmm. makes the pairing even better when you do When that. you were saying you were talking about the butternut squash and you're putting it in water. Um, so my first thought was, could you do that with wine or would it, would it make the flavor change? It would make the flavor change uh, yeah. a little bit. I would I would use, you know, a little bit of water or mm. just like I said, the second preparation, cut them up into cubes and toss it with olive oil and salt and pepper and let the caramelization occur. Because if mm. you do it, steam it in a little bit of the water, you're not getting the caramelization that you mm. would get if you roasted it with olive oil, salt and pepper. So it depends on how deep of a flavor you want from the squash. The second roasting it with olive oil and uh, is going that to get a, a deeper flavor to mm -hmm. the squash rather than mm -hmm. the other way. So, so yeah. you're mixing, you're pureeing good. it all together with cream and that's how it becomes Correct. Correct. creaminess. And, well, and no, actually this recipe uh, uses whipping cream. Um, whipping cream. Okay. A cup, so heavy cream. And it is made with chicken stock. Oh, you there you go. Do, oh, yeah. Or you can do a vegetable stock, 
either oh, one. Oh, and creme fresh um, on this. Oh, yeah. I love that on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, Yum. this is always a dangerous show. I want to try. <laughs> yeah. So, it makes you hungry. It I does. Know. Well, obviously, we're all wine headed, and that's your song of oh. the day wine headed. I love it. <laughs> we got to play it. Um, this is from our friends Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys, and we love it. We love the blues. We may have played this before on a show, but because, um, you know, it it's, works. It's a, have we played it? I know the last one was cheese. It was all about no. cheese. Yeah. Well, wine headed. Oh, we have to play it because, you know. Mm -hmm. Everyone, johnnymastro.com is the website to go to. They are based out of, we met him in Venice Beach many, many years ago at oh. the beginning of our magazine and yeah. um, became big fans. And now they're based out of New Orleans and he knows about cooking. Trust me, he's, you know, he's mm. Italian. You know, oh. it, it's Mastro Giovanni, if I'm pronouncing it wow. correctly, is his, his full mm. last name. Um, so he does know how to cook. And um, his band is one of the best blues oh, bands awesome. on the planet. And wow. um, they tour Europe all the time. And um, so if you go to New Orleans, you yeah. got to go there. And um, if you ever do a blues festival at the winery, hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> get Johnny that Master would be the awesome. Boys. That, that would be, be awesome. fun. Yeah. So everyway, everybody, uh, Peggy is here every first Wednesday with Wine Time with Peggy. You can listen to her interviews. Um, just go to blendradioandtv.com. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, Peggy. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. Mm -hmm.